ACASTCAST. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. KOKW calling. I'm on international frequency. Come in. You know, what is this? What does this represent? Uh, because this isn't just about soda. Hello, Beans. This is Dave. And. Hello! Don't judge me! 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 Hey, it's Dave. And before we get to part two of Lydia Peaver talking with Heather and myself, um, I did mention last week people and the human monster and it usually comes out that that is the uh the worst form of monster and it's why i prefer monsters and fiction and the escapism of all of it it's the fact of what we're capable of and what happened in the news this week in boston um is more horrific and it just shows what we're capable of now that's not what this show is about you know this show is we're superficial we talk about horror music um fun things subculture escapism and uh i can go on i can rant on and on about that but that's from my other my other guys here in society 13 uh chris's show mouthing off and tba with mr pink check them out there's gonna be some interesting shows coming out about the uh the human monster and uh politics i'm gonna go on uh and we're gonna talk about the paranormal in fiction and horror, because that's what we do here uh, when we're not talking about music. And then stick around for uh, a little bit, a bit of a patron saint of plagues. I enjoyed this band. I also want to plug a friend of mine, um, just to change course here a bit. Friend Joy that we met recently at a craft show. It's uh, this is go to this website, man. It's a Styles by Joy. S T I L E S B Y J O Y. Styles by Joy at hotmail.com. That's her email. 
Um, she's on Facebook, and there's I'm sorry, another website here, www.etsy.com/shop/joystyles. <laughs> J O Y S S T I L E S. What this is, we bought a few of these things. They, they, you can use them as coasters. They're ceramic tiles that she paints. She puts bands on them. She can put movie stuff on them. They're really cool. I mean, we, we bought uh, some Marilyn Monroe ones, and she does some hor- horror stuff that's, like, fantastic. But check this girl out. Go to Facebook and look up... Uh, definitely look up uh, facebook.com style, slash styles by joy. And, again, that's S-T-I-L-E-S-B-Y-J-O-Y. Really cool stuff, and I highly recommend it. After the plug, I'm going to move on with part two of Lydia Peaver. Enjoy. This is Scar with the Razor Blade Dolls, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. The only time that one, my grandfather's ghost appeared, that he did do something and had a reason, my uh, grandmother, I'm trying to remember the years, and I can't, like 79 to 2000, somewhere in there, she opened her house as a group home for geriatric psychiatric patients which also probably fuels my imagination oh yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so because they were you know safe they were safe people they weren't uh, a threat to themselves or others and it was just a far more comfortable place for them to be than a psychiatric ward uh, at their golden years um, my grandmother was quite ill in her later years with um, diabetes, uh, very ill, and she had a brain tumor that was oh, wow. just being diagnosed at the time. Mm. And everyone was sort of tense because she, you know, had just gone to the hospital and just come home after being diagnosed with a brain tumor, and they're planning some surgery. Um, one of the girls, Pearlie, was the oldest uh, um, schizophrenic that we had there. Um, and you may pass this off as her age or her her affliction, but anyway, she said, "Oh, it's so she's going to grandma's going to be okay because this man came up the stairs." And she pointed to a spot in the, in the living room where there's no stairs. Said this man came up the stairs and he told me that the old lady's going to be okay. And the way she said it set my mom uh, like ill at ease. And she had probably described the man and exactly what he said and what he was wearing and then she said and then he walked into the floor and vanished <laughs> down the stairs and it was my grandfather and he even used words that he would have used my mom recognized all that because he died before I was born um, it was quite, it really creeped my mom out and you know, a couple of years passed my grandmother's, she had her tumor removed and she closed the group home because she couldn't take care of the ladies anymore and they sent they were sent back to the psychiatric hospital uh as she got on in years it was too hard to get on the original basement stairs and they weren't wide enough so she had my dad build new stairs and she hadn't been told of this visitation either when she was like oh how how hard would it be to put stairs in right there you know grandpa always wanted stairs right there and it was just so creepy when she yeah. said that because she hadn't been told. My mom just turned white, and it was just yeah. So yeah, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask. I want to ask both both you ladies this one. Um, the there's this whole thing now: residual versus um, a ghost in real time. Like residual haunting. Like there's just a memory that's based, which is I mean, science could actually even believe in 
residual behavior, you know, it's a memory based, because <laughs> we're all chemically based. Um, what, do you believe in that more, or is there actual ghosts showing up from another world in that real time? I mean, which do you, which ways? Do you I get? think it's residual. That's what I think. In your experience, yeah. kind of, I think a lot of your cases actually. Yeah, seem we like dealt it. with a lot of re- hauntings that we would consider to be residual. Okay, none Just that you showed up on, like while you were there. Or? No. Okay. What about you, Lydia? Yeah, this interaction with ghosts seems to be a thing that I've dealt with, like, personally more than seeing the residual, like, sort of like these ghosts are on our loop and their energy is somewhere in their surroundings for whatever reason, a lot of times for traumatic reasons. And that I can totally, I can wrap my head around that a lot easier. Like like you're saying, Heather, like, and David, like, science can definitely uh, not prove that but right. believe in it and yeah they right. can get behind that for sure that makes sense energy's energy mm-hmm. um the interacting with ghosts like even the experiences i have i remain skeptical i have to until they have a, a box that proves all of this or can can sit one of these ghosts down like my grandpa would be a friendly example then <laughs> <laughs> have him be like hey yeah this is how we do it then yeah, I have to remain skeptical. Um, but yeah, I like I like the idea that there is energy in the walls, even if they're just playing on a loop. Yeah, there's um there's actually a theory um, that somebody came up with in the '70s, I think, called the stone tape theory, where it basically mm-hmm. states that like places where tragedies, you know, wars, Gettysburg, things like that have happened, um, a lot of the energy gets like trapped in the walls, the bricks, and and when someone comes in there that space, something can trigger that event to just kind of, like, replay. Mm-hmm. Can you feel that? Like, we were talking earlier about how David's not um, sensitive and other people are sensitive. Some people wish they turn it off. Where do you sit on that, Heather? Are you, like, are you a sponge for it, or do you um, not feel anything? I, I really don't feel much. Um, I'm more of, like, a really... I'm really observant and logical, and... Um, I notice things that other people don't notice, but the only kind of weird feelings I've had um, that were really strong on a lot of our episodes were I just felt like something was watching me or something was in the room with me. That's kind of like I don't have any kind of psychic ability or anything like that, but I've just had like a couple experiences like that where I feel something around, but I can't like or or I can walk into a room and tell that like the energy is just off. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of as far as it goes with me. I would love to like. It sounds so terrible. I'd love to test you guys. You know, I'm going to play experiments now. Um, a friend of mine had uh, his... Uh, I, I can't tell all the ghost stories. We don't have that kind of time. Yeah, but, yeah sure. We got uh, time. I told you. This could be three episodes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, a friend of mine had lived in an old church that they'd refurbished. It was a beautiful home. A beautiful, beautiful home that I miss very, very much. They had a fire eventually, but um, it... It had a history that they didn't really know because it was a, a church, and they didn't really look into it. Um, her brother had a terrible haunting, a terrible poltergeist experience that he doesn't even like to relate, but he will, you know, and she tells the story way better. Um, but it was well after that. She used to take people down out of the basement for whatever reason. It was easier to get to the backyard through the basement anyway. And gone down there one day, after talking lots of ghost stuff and... Um, well, not that day. We had talked ghost stuff previously. Um, just a random day. She was like, oh, yeah, we'll go down through the basement. 
and she'll walk down the basement stairs and flip a light on and then be like, oh, it's it's quicker if you go across the basement and turn that light on and I'll turn this light off over here before we head out. And it's like, okay, that sounds logical. And as soon as anyone, me included, everyone she ever tested would get halfway across the basement, they'd just freeze and be like weirded out and have that terrible oppressive energy or feel cold and feel like they're being watched. and ha- Like they would freeze physically every single person every time. And she, we, we never really knew why, but oven, like the, what was this huge uh, furnace that was there? She said it looked a lot more like an incinerator. So we don't know if they, you know, um, burnt bodies there, but they could have. It'd be interesting to find out the history just to see. Mm-hmm. Especially since her brother did have quite a, uh, and, and other people saw things, but he had a, a really active experience. So, huh. yeah. We should look into it someday. That's, like, my favorite part, is trying to figure out what happened in, like, rooms, you know? Well, kind of go historian. to the library, yeah. You were the, she was a historian on the Paranormal State, yeah. Documenting yeah. everything. Yeah, they, you know, so you're, go to the library, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're used to, you know, doing the, the journalism part. Yeah. That's part of, I think, why I went into journalism. Is I love digging through those things. I love going to the library of archives. I love going... Um, you know, looking at the the history of a house at the registry office and stuff like that. I want to do it in my house because my house is just <laughs> dead. There's nothing, man. It's so not haunted. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> Much to my disappointment. My wife's okay with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. What was I going to ask you? I also noticed uh, like a couple of things when I was looking at your page too. Um, you were. Are you a fan of ministry? Oh yeah. yeah, huge. Yeah, I'm a little bit. Yeah, tell her. Just a little bit. He's wearing a ministry shirt right now. Yeah, they're one of my favorite <laughs> bands of all time. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I noticed too, you were a fan of uh, Asylum this time around, the American Horror Story. Yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, all of them. All, all I of them. It. I. I I'm sorry. No, oh. go ahead. <laughs> no, it probably has to do with growing up. Um, with some psychiatric patients and stuff like right. that. Right. That's what. I, yeah, I was drawing that line there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed that. I just love the imagery. I really love the imagery in that in that film. I like the whole um, body face thing. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I I love the weaving of those two stories. Yes, I know a lot of people didn't like it. You got one or, right here, right here yeah. with us. I honestly, I would have liked it if <laughs> the characters weren't different. Like, I don't like how they had the the actor, like the different characters. Like, the different people playing different characters. I, I love the first season, but I started watching the second season, and I was like, uh... <laughs> I just wasn't into it. Well, well, I'm excited for the third season. I mean... Do you know where they're going with it? Any ideas? No. <laughs> Better off not knowing. I had no clue. I went in dry both times, and I loved it, so... I, I, I don't know. I'm, I like everything horror, though. Serial killers to monsters to... You know, like... You ever see Let's Scare Jessica to Death? You ever see that one? That's no. that's a mine one. Uh, it's old seventies, and you don't know whether it's happening in this woman's head, insane, or is she really seeing zombie vampires? It, it's and you really don't know. You, it, they leave it to you to decide at the end. But watch, uh, let's scare De- Jessica to death. If you, you don't have a copy of it, I'll have to send you mine. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I'll take a look and see if I can't find it. I oh, mean. it's good. It, it's it's a good one, man. Um, we're tonight's weird movie night for us. We're, we're watching Sound City, but there's a quick one prior that. That, uh, well, Heather picked it out at the Horror Realm herself, and I was like, you know what, I own that, so just come over, we'll watch it. Do you remember Blood Beach? No. <laughs> Another one. 
Oh, man. Uh, well, it's 82, 81, um, a schlocky film about a, a creature living under the sand. So when Jaws, you know, when Jaws was over, they found a way to scare you just standing on, on the beach, basically. It's, you know, it's a very, very B-movie, but it's still kind of fun. Yeah, I, I want to check it out, because Jaws never scared me, so maybe this will. See, Jaws, I grew up on Long Island, and it was like a, a real fear, not that it, we had a lot of sharks. You do that at Montauk Point, but, if you know, if you went out, I mean, the, the sharks were there. Um, Jaws to me, I mean, and it's based on the, what happened in Red Bank, New Jersey. I have that, The Twelve Days of Terror. That's an awesome book to read, um, <laughs> where one shark did kill four people and injured a fifth. And it, it's horrific how it happened. You, do you know that story? No. Well, it, it'll give Jaws a whole new twist for you. But a shark, at one point, a great white, swam up a, a, a creek from from the ocean where these kids it was a watering hole where they would just jump in the water and swim not knowing they were in the water with a great white and oh my goodness. yeah it's horrific it's just horrific yeah that is scary i like that see, real life scary that's what i'm talking <laughs> well jaws had that it had that element uh spielberg stole a lot of well the death scenes pretty much a, a lot of them happened in like uh, well to some a real person we'll just say in a different scenario uh, I, I don't want to give you t- too much because you should read the book it's really mm-hmm. kind of, it's a cool book to read but it, it really happened so that's why I love Jaws I always go back to that one but mm. yeah so Evil Dead are you going to go see the new one? Oh definitely I kind of view it as a whole standalone I love the franchise I love the story I know I'm going to love it for that I've heard from reviews um, my friend Dave Pace reviewed it for Fangoria and he said a lot of the slapstick was taken out and replaced with even more fear and terror and gore. Okay. And so I'm on that. I'm, 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 I, I, yeah. I'll enjoy that. Without, I I without Bruce Campbell, I mean, don't you agree, Heather? Without Bruce, yeah. you, sh- you can't have the slapstick in there. Yeah. No. no, it wouldn't work. Can't just make a new Ash. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, the thing that scared me, and I think it was Ebert's review, I'm not sure. Somebody said the characters are flat and... One dimensional. Mm-hmm. That scares me. I mean, because you kind of you got to know those people in both Evil Dead One and Two. And you, mm-hmm. you, got, you loved them or hated them. I've know? never seen the second one. Oh my! Oh, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah, no, it, it's that's a super fun. I watched Evil Dead Two before I watched Evil Dead. A lot of people uh, did. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, I think cause it was oh, on. Sure. It was on cable a lot when Evil Dead One never really ran on cable too much. You had to get the VHS copy. Yeah, that whole tree rape thing probably turned the networks Ooh, off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, I wonder if, I guess they're going to do that again, huh? I, I, From what I hear, I don't know. I've been trying to not read too many reviews. I listened yeah. to Dave's review, but that was it. I've been mean, just not, so I can go watch it. Like I'm, I'm, What I'm excited for is American Mary is hitting theaters here on the 30th. I, I'm sure, I don't know where it's running already. What is that? I know that? there's been screeners. American Mary. Yeah. It's the Soska sisters, the Twisted Twins. Have, um, this is their second feature length, I think. I'm no expert here. Mm. Um, you got us on that but, one. Mm-hmm. You, you got us on this one. We're, we're, we're clueless. Yeah, it's a body modification-linked um, horror story. I believe it's a slasher through and through uh, about this girl that gets roped into this strange underworld as a medical student into this body modification world. And... Things in her in her student life go kind of terribly wrong. I don't I don't want to give anything away. We're intrigued. But yeah, <laughs> we're totally intrigued over here. I don't know if I like it, the whole body modification <laughs> thing, but <laughs> she has such a look on her face right now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That's the beginning Real of life. the scare. <laughs> but I've watched um, 
portions of it and it looks really 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 good and it's you know these canadian girls and it's features some canadian actresses and i really really look really looking forward to i'm looking forward to that more than evil dead in a lot of ways that's interesting i'm looking forward to lords of salem rob zombie uh now people either love or hate his movies i i love everything he does i don't care I, don't, I wouldn't say I love everything I do, he does. I, I definitely enjoy it. And I have this this attitude towards remakes and sequels. And I'm just yeah. like, whatever. You know, it's a whole new movie. I'm excited. I like it. That's my point of view on it, too. Yeah. Lords of Salem look, does look really, really good. That looks good. I, I, I still didn't watch the preview. What am I talking about? I, I, I What I know is from Heather telling me. It looks terrifying. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. It does. The whole idea behind it. And yes. Sherry Moon Zombie, when, when you see her... At the beginning, you know, when she's a normal girl, and then just, I don't know what the face paint's supposed to mean, but I love it, you know, hmm. all about face paint. Okay, I've definitely got to check that out. Yeah, I noticed that. I saw your uh, your Twitter picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, oh, that was a fun night, and yeah, no, I'm going to bring it back to Beatrice um, Anna Plague's for a second and and more about ghosts and residual energy here. Um, but yeah, the face paint, that was fun. I did that myself in like a half hour. I just really... It's cool. I wish I would. I wish I painted up myself more often. <laughs> but that was um, the Scary Tales um, EP release party here in Ottawa. There was a contest for Day of the Dead skulls, and a lot of the girls did really beautiful Day of the Dead skulls. I don't know how to do beautiful. I just went for skull, like skull <laughs> I know. And so that was where that came from, but. Uh, patrons in a plagues wear face paint. That's part of why I like photographing them so much is they're expressive, but not like uh, I'm used to directing a person. I, I fail at directing them sometimes because I'm caught up in the, the horror of their faces. And <laughs> I, I do like photographing them. Working with them with their video was fun too. Cause I've seen them in and out of face. I've seen them put their face paint on, but that was fun to really play to it on, on video. But we recorded that video with Horror Mori Productions out of Vancouver. We came here to Ottawa um, to film in the Ottawa Hostel Jail. And I don't know if you guys are up on the Canadian haunting site, but that's the most haunted place in Canada. Do you know about that? We, no, yeah, she, Heather? She doesn't. I, no, I've never heard of it. Oh, wow. If you ever take a road trip up here, you've definitely got to check that out. Um, you can stay in it because it's a hostel. Like it's part of the, the High Canada Hostel International. So it's like a hotel. Um, but all the cells on the top two floors, I believe, are still intact. And there's still like isolation chambers in the basement huh. and the lower levels. And you can stay. They haven't like refurbished many of the rooms as full hotel rooms on one floor I think they are but the next floor you can actually stay in a cell and you're staying in bunks in cells and there's no wall so it's just a huge hallway of these cells where people are staying in as hotel rooms uh, we filmed upstairs on death row which was really really cool and a little bit unnerving especially when we filmed the last scene in the death row the last death row chamber where you would go before you're hung and they still have a working gallows right around the corner which was Oh. extra creepy wow. and we're filming at like 2 30 in the morning <laughs> wow is this video available now god bless you yes, sorry wow you see you made her sneeze you made me sneeze <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't scare her really easy but you can make her sneeze <laughs> i'm glad you blessed her because wow we're in trouble 
Uh, yeah, you can see it on YouTube for sure, uh, Patron Saint of Plagues. You can see it at patronsaintofplagues.com. And yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool video made by my friend Christopher Ray um, at Horror Warrior and the guys of Patron Saint of Plagues. And my many, many millions of thanks to the hostel jail for letting us film there all night. <laughs> Is this the video for Beetlejuice or no? no which one? No, uh, for things aren't what they seem. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. very good. Well, do you have any further questions you'd like to ask our little paranormal expert in the house over here? <laughs> <laughs> oh god I like 8 million she was chomping oh, a yeah. bit to talk to you I mean she, I, yeah you, well go for no. it you have one no you got nothing no I do um <laughs> yeah no um Heather like when when did you get into this like was it as a child you had some experiences or did you start reading ghost stories or were you reading non-fiction ghost things that got you into this um well when i was in elementary school i read a lot of books about aliens and alien abductions um that really interested me and um after (laughs) that when i was in like my early teens my brother and his friends always played with the ouija board and just Mm -hmm. hearing their stories and you know, getting into that, that's what got me into the paranormal was pretty much the Ouija board. Um, and then my friends and I started having experiences and then it was just kind of like a hobby of ours, like in our, you know, early teens to just go wherever we could that we thought was haunted and try to like, we always just wanted to see activity. Like we wanted something to happen and catch it on film. So Mm. that's kind of how I got into it. Do you read uh, non-fiction? Like, I'm a big hands holzer. <laughs> That's um, a funny question right Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I have read some of his books. Um, I'm really into... My favorite paranormal book of all time is um, The Demonologist. It's about Ed and Lorraine's um, life. Um, that's a really good one if you want to learn more about the Warrens. Um, it's called The Demonologist. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, I, I've read Dave's stuff. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's um, just... And then another paranormal book that I really like um I kind of read it when I was like training um I had to take this like training class when I got involved in the paranormal club or whatever um but it's called Mm -hmm. Graves End and it's about this um lady I think her name's Elaine and she had she she bought this house her and her family bought this house and started having like these crazy experiences but that's a really good book too but that's kind of it I don't really read a whole lot so remember remember what you were saying about your editor and how he pinpoints things Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about what she's going to say because <coughs> she's reading one of mine right now <coughs> before it goes to publication, and uh, I, she hasn't really given me a lot of feedback, so I'm waiting to get. Destroyed. I just read chapter ten because I'm <laughs> saving it for the forward. Like I don't want to give it all away. <laughs> okay, that's true. Good point. Good point. Yeah, she's involved with this project with me, so we'll just say. But yeah, but, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun. Well, we'll see. We'll let I'll let you know what she thinks later. Um, but uh, so, what else? You have something else? It sounds like you got something else brewing for Heather here. Um, yeah, um, you had said, like, Ouija boards and UFOs and things like that when uh-huh. you were young. You had a, um, a lights in the sky sort of experience, didn't Ooh, you? Oh, yes. Um, this is, like, one of my favorite experiences of all time. Yeah. We went to this ranch out in, they called it a UFO ranch out in Washington, and these people would see every night, like, at the same time, they would see these lights in the sky, and they had a satellite tracker that would, you know... We had a satellite tracker, too, and we were there that would tell us what direction the satellites were going, and then you could obviously tell the difference between a plane and, like, a shooting star and stuff like that. (laughs) But we would see these lights, and and we had high-powered flashlights that we would flash at them, and, like, after a couple seconds, this huge light would just, like, flash back at us every time we did it. 
And they would go really slow across the sky, and then they would go, like, really fast, and then slow again, and then fast. And I felt like a little kid. It was, like, the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I, I'm, like, dying to go back there, too. I've been there twice, and both times I've had experiences, so. Ah, oh, that's mental. If you I want to get the chance to go there. there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's really cool. Um, James Gillian, um, he's the one that kind of owns the ranch, and he's open to anybody going there. Like, as a matter of fact, right before we got there, um, the singer Robbie Williams, the English singer Robbie Williams, mm-hmm. was, he was just there with, like, a crew of his people because I guess he's really into UFOs, but... It's it's beautiful too. It's you can just camp out there. It's amazing. Whatever happened no, to that guy? Sounds... Is he gone now, Robbie Williams? I don't he know. Just kinda, like, came and went. Yeah, I don't know. That was a long time ago too. <laughs> oh, now but... they had like any investigation into this UFO ranch or like looking uh, as the military looked at it or disproved any of the um... Didn't they say that they knew that they they had nothing flying around at that point? They did admit that. Yeah, they they found out somehow a way that we could know for sure if like nothing was happening like that because that was brought up from what I could remember, but... Yeah, it was really bizarre. No, I can, I can, I can feel that. My mom, uh, my mom and dad, when they were younger, well, in their teens-ish, had a similar experience with lights and flashing back, and they had a huge floodlight that they were flashing, um, and they put it in the, in the back of a truck and went down That's the road did, and yeah. flashed and tried to make it follow them, and it did, and then it zoomed back. And it was when it zoomed back that really kind of unnerved them because they're like, it moves so fast. Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because um, the producers wanted me, a lot of times in the episodes you see me going off and, like, interviewing random people. I went into, like, this little town that's right across from the ranch, and um, I'm just walking around the downtown, and I'm just randomly picking people to interview to see if they've ever seen anything in the sky. And I interviewed probably about ten people. It didn't make the episode, but almost all of them said that they see these weird, like, triangular formation of lights in in town. Like, they just see where they live. So I think there's a lot of that going on out there. I don't know why, yeah. but... She's never told me that one. I, I know about that. Yeah. It wasn't even an outtake. That's something they really should have Yeah, noticed. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that doesn't make the episode. We There's so much oh, stuff. What a I mean, shame. Yeah. Mm. So oh, that's kind of cool, though. Like, I've never thought of writing a book. Like, do you, am I on the moon and you have a book out somewhere? I don't have a like... book. I've really thought about it. Um, I just don't really know how to go about doing that. Like, I just like it's just kind of like it's it seems really confusing to me to try to like organize everything because there's just mm-hmm. so many so much I could write about that I don't even know where to start. But so me and Heather are gonna be parting <laughs> ways here shortly. Um... <laughs> No, but for real, like, where would I start? I don't even know where to start. Like, oh my god, I I would like to. I think someday I will, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Don't save it for retirement. You got to get it yeah. out when it's fresh, right? And that's I think really, there's also stuff too that I that's wouldn't. That's good advice, by the way. Yeah, that's really good advice. there's also stuff too that obviously I don't want everybody to know about. So I don't oh, of know. Course. Yeah, you keep some things. Yeah. That's you can write that for a posthumous release. You know, you yes. can like print upon my death, the event of my death. You can read all this <laughs> junk, but for now, there's some gems. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, I'd love to. I would. I would read whatever you write. Okay, okay. I'll keep <laughs> that in mind. She's a fan. I told you she was a fan. <laughs> I wish I was could agree that I'm a fan. I feel like I'm so not a fan. Ah. Like my mom, my mom watches a lot of. Um, she, she's bigger than I am as far as watching things like uh, Paranormal State and oh, all that, cool. um, and all the other shows like spinoffs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I would just like be in the living room and we'll we'll talk through them. We're so terrible for that. The show will come up and she'll be like, Hey, remember when that da 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 and like we'll talk through them. So I don't really watch them and then I have to go so but she's the one that's she's the fan. She's a huge fan. Oh, so cool. I get it by like osmosis. You'll have to tell her I said thanks for watching. <laughs> oh, I well she's she'll be listening and she'll yeah. It's crazy too because we um, we used to do these events where fans from like all over the world would come to like wherever we filmed or like a haunted location we pick like Gettysburg or something, and we had a lot of people from Canada come and like we just realized we had like a huge fan base in Canada. So it's crazy. Oh, I can I can believe that, and I mean I would love to see. Uh, I don't know. I, apparently, people have approached to investigate. Uh, the hostel jail here, let alone other haunted sites in Canada, it's just as rife with haunted places as, as the States, as anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently someone did investigate here, but I haven't seen it. I don't even know what show or if it even actually came to fruition. I have no idea. Uh, same with the Dion Quintuplets Museum that I used to work at, the Dion Quince Museum in North Bay, Ontario. Um, they've had some paranormal activity. Not a lot, mind you. Hmm. But enough that um, a few mediums had wanted to investigate and they were turned down, I think. I'm not really, I don't really recall, but I would love to see a show come and just exploit some of our wonderfully haunted sites. I'll keep that place in mind, though, if I ever get out that way. Yeah, I do. Check it out online. There's, um, and you can check it out online. And I mean, in the video, we don't, you don't see a heck of a lot of it. Like, the whole thing was filmed there, um, except a few green screen bits, but. It was, the whole thing was filmed on death row, so there's a little bit of the hostel jail for you. Cool. Yeah, we're considering doing the like the weirdest tour ever, the uh, hockey ghosts and metal tour of Canada. You know, so we'll <laughs> let you know when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> hockey ghosts and metal. Yeah, I like it. What a combo. Oh man, I could do it. So do I it. can picture this metal hockey ghost. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> uh, that's your next short story, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say no. You didn't say no. Uh, so, uh, what else now outside of horror? Like, do you write? Have you written? Um, I don't know, romance or drama or something. Something else pique your interest? Why that genre? Because I can't get out of it myself. So I'm just curious. Uh, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Romance, right? <laughs> yeah, but you do it by mistake sometimes. I, I did it. I, I, I wrote this huge. You know, you said it before. You write what you know. Uh, then you, everybody, every writer writes their first. You know, like. Heaven and Hell story, the end of the world, their first story ever, whatever. And it's I tried to write this fantasy novel. Actually, I wrote it. It's done. And in the end, I wrote a freaking love story. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even know it. I, like it, unintentionally, it became a love story with all these monsters and dragons and yeah, it's just ridiculous. But um, it's actually not a bad story. It's just I didn't mean to write a love story. Have you ever done that? No, no. Oh, God, I, I don't know if I can. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's. I mean, I think Mandy's like that too. Yeah, no, you just—it's just not what you know. I mean, I, I've gone off about this in, in almost like a violent ranty way, but uh, so I'm gonna like just dial it back a little and just say no. I—I I don't think I could. I've—I just don't have it in me. The first stories I wrote when I was like a kid were all horror, you know. Well, it doesn't mean that it ended well. Um, it could be bad romance. But no, so just the <laughs> horror is definitely uh, your your thing. That's it. Yeah, to the point that I think that there's some sort of, like, is a like triangle almost in Night Face that mm-hmm. evolves a little bit in, in the sequel. But it's there's no 
comfort, there's no love, there's no sex, there's no, you know, human interaction, even remotely, like... Gotcha. I know, it's like, like I just can't. And fantasy and such, and even just like a, a nice slice of life vignette, I don't know if I can do that unless someone's under duress or about to get hurt or sees a ghost or is a vampire. Yeah. Huh? Well, okay. Yeah, you definitely answered the question. Um, <laughs> I try. How about comic books? Have you tried that? Uh, no. When I took graphic design in nineteen ninety four to ninety six, I did a few panels as an as an assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Sila Webb. She was this crazy psychic girl that didn't want to be psychic, so she was all like <laughs> angsty. <laughs> Goth chick. Oh, totally. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Okay. What was your biggest challenge as a writer? I, like, I, I got to tell you because, like, recently I was forced—not at gunpoint, but to write a western because they wanted to do a western horror book, and I had to—I I never wanted to write a western. I got to be honest with you. And my publishers know I didn't, but they knew I could do horror, so that's what I did. Have you ever mixed a genre? Or have you ever been challenged with something you didn't want to write, but you somehow prevailed? Uh, not with the fiction, because I really just go on my own. Like, I usually don't respond to prompts. I don't uh, write things, like, fiction-wise anyway, um, at gunpoint. <laughs> like, you have. Yeah. Writing Western at gunpoint. Oh, I, that's I so enjoyed small. it. I don't, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but I never thought I'd be writing a Western, you know. And I mm-hmm. somehow was able to pull it out, only because uh, I guess I watch a lot of Clint Eastwood, you know. And I, I put a tongue-in-cheek twist on it. It's very comic booky. You know, and that's really, you know, I don't know. I put a lot of my own horror twists in it, and it just really seemed to work out. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you like being challenged, or do you just, like, do you prefer to just write what you know? Yeah, I just write what I know. Usually it's that um, a story, something inspires a story, and it just sort of rolls out. Sometimes the whole story is intact as an idea, and I'll have to sit down and write the whole thing. Right. Um, Right now, the sequel's being a challenge, and it's not necessarily genre-related at all. It's just writing-related. I've written Night Face and a lot of the other stuff. As soon as the, the dialogue comes to me, I write the dialogue. As soon as a scene comes to me, I write that scene. Hmm. So I have to weave it all together after. It's a Interesting. mess. Interesting. Okay. So, right now, I'm trying to write the sequel... Uh, in a linear fashion, chapter by chapter, and it's working out good word count wise, and it's working out okay voice wise. But some days, you know, I, I I'm on a chapter, um, coming up where there's a little bit of, you know, cops and robbers kind of stuff. There's a little bit of CSI stuff going on, actual adult logical conversation, and I'm just <laughs> not in an adult logical mood, I guess. <laughs> The chapter previous was with Cynthia, the zombie-type person that's in that book, and it was so much easier to write because I could just write her all day long. Nice. So now I have to wait till I'm in a mood to write the next chapter, and it's so tempting to just write a whole bunch of Cynthia scenes <laughs> and weave it all together and make that big mess I made for myself. That's but, fun. That's fun. Definitely putting your own puzzle together is awesome. I've done, yeah. I, I do that with chapters sometimes where they just seem out of order and like I have to rearrange it. Um, my, one of my partners that I did um, the com- comic book with, Johnny, Johnny Axe told me, you know, he, he pinpointed that I, I write a skeleton and then I go back and fill it up. And that's kind of what I do. I go back because, like, Heather's reading a really rough draft right now of every chapter. And I've already cleaned some of those up, and she hasn't read those yet because, I mean, I just didn't give them to her. But uh, God knows what she thinks of the skeleton so far. 
skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. I like it. I just wish I was fast. I don't know. When I read, I just can't. I just have to. I have like ADD. Like I have to read a chapter, put it down, and then like go back to it later. I have ADD. I have too. to like take notes. I just can't read a whole book in like one sitting. <laughs> It's easier if you get sick with something or break a leg. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's or true. I'm on a plane for like hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what have you, uh, well, what have you been reading? Uh, have you read other people's stuff that you like right now? Uh, catching up on a little um, uh, Wrath James White, because mm. I haven't read a lot of his stuff, and I really like him and Edward Lee and stuff like that, so I have to catch up on Wrath. Um, Husk by Corey Redekop. Uh, it's not really horror. It's okay. zombies. It's not horror. Um, I really enjoyed his book, Shelf Mon- Monkey. I can hear myself feeding back. Sorry, I keep stuttering here. No, no, actually, you're fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so Corey Redekop definitely want to check out Husk. I've been reading a little bit more because I began to review once a month for DreadfulTales.com. So I don't know what they want me to read next, so I'm kind of keeping my slate clear for that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. I don't know. So I don't know what I'm going to be reading next. I want to get more into the splatterpunk, though, because that's... I've missed a lot. And, well, anything in particular? Because I think I missed a lot. Mm, catch em, Lee. I have to fill the oh, gaps. Jack yeah. Ketchum, man. I read... Yeah, I read... Um, oh, my God. The Woman, um, of course, The Offspring... And I met him, by the way, and he is such a cool dude. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what Mandy says, too. That's another reason I have to go and do this tour, this camping, drinking, (laughs) (laughs) insanity tour of horror conventions in the States. Yeah, you should. Well, Jack Ketchum, I was lucky to get him uh, a year ago, just about, I think. And I talked to Zeroff, and he was happy to talk back even about things he didn't like, about the screenplays, the movies that were made of his, uh, his books. The Woman was intense. Did you read or see the movie? Both, yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the governor that's in that? The governor from The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure that's the. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people do. (laughs) But I can't get into The Walking Dead. I don't know. I just don't have the time. Well, I'm. uh, I'll be honest with you. I I just finished reading uh, World War Z. Are you familiar with that one, Max Brooks? Um, I thought it was a great idea. But it, I, I don't know. It seemed like it could have been better. Um, I, I don't know. And then the movie is completely different. They got Brad Pitt and Fast Zombies. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm excited about Fast Zombies. Yeah. I'm indifferent about Brad Pitt. I like, like you know, I'll watch his stuff. I like. Oh, he's a good actor. Sure. Yeah. Um, I like Fast Zombies. I like Twenty Eight. Twenty Eight days, days Later. Thank you. I do like that. I mean, I like, of course, the originals. But um, I, you know, Live, Night of the Living Dead. I like them both. I think there's room for both. If you want to create create your own zombie, go for it. Everybody's done it with vampires, you know. Why not? Werewolves. But the best um, zombie book I've read in the last while was uh, Howard from Ottawa Horror recommended "The Angels Are the Reapers." I'm positive that's what it's called, mm. and I think it's by Tobin Bell, but I'm not sure on the name either. "The Angels Are the Reapers." I'm positive is is the title, I'm that down. and it's um, <laughs> angel. It, Go for Angels it. are the Reapers, okay. I think. But yeah, it's um, like one of those ones where society's rebuilding itself, so to speak. It's just told in such a tone that I can really get into it. It's not like zero-day stories. I love zero-day stories. I wrote a zero-day story in the last uh, Darwin Digest called Crocodile Rot. <laughs> 
so I love Zero Days, but I really like the post-apocalyptic uh, people are rebuilding themselves, zombie stories, and they do really good in this one. Mad Max, you like Road Warrior movies? Yeah. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of, kind of. Yeah. I, oh God, are they remaking those now, too? I don't know. They should just leave those alone. Meh, meh. <laughs> I want them to see. I want to see them remake. Um, I bury the living. It's an old, yeah. I guess, forties black and white. Wonderful. I saw that on your page. Yeah, yeah. I want them to redo that and uh, don't look under the stairs. Oh wait, why do and, I? Why do I know that? I don't know. What is that? We used clips of it in the Facebook trailer that's on YouTube. Okay. Um. So if you meant if you saw it when you were looking at my site or anything like that, but it's in the public domain that film. I don't know why. It's only hmm. from the seventies, late seventies at that, and it's very fairly well done. It just needs to be redone. And so, like, please, anyone out there listening, making movies, right? Just do it. Well, I have another one for you too. I just watched it again. I have a bootleg, a horrible copy of it, but I hear they're putting it on Blu-ray. Is uh, the town that dreaded sundown? You ever see that? No, I haven't. But that, you're the second person in a week to. It. That's weird. Huh. <laughs> I just watched yeah. it again for the first time in like twenty years last week. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, they could. I mean, it's it's really. Uh, t- oh god, it's pretty corny now. But if you remade that, that's what that's due for a remake. I think that could be good. It's based on a true story about a guy killing people in a town, and uh, it, it wasn't how he did it. It's what he did afterwards. It's just really weird. I mean, he's like biting people and stuff. Very strange. Strange stuff. Yeah, cannibalism. I'm kind of huge fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd I'd like I'd like to see them explore that. We watched uh, a film called Macabre not long ago that was sort of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre cannibal family sort of thing. Okay. And right. I know I know I love those sorts of stories. Is that in like Wrong Turn? Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. that. I like the first one a lot. Yeah, yeah the, oh, okay. the, the franchise is getting old, that's for sure. But They're I up like to five. They're up to five, I think. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one that has, uh, it's called Bloodlines. Okay. And, oh, my brain isn't working. It has uh, Doug Bradley in it, which oh, is that okay. cute plan, or plan words with Bloodlines. I'm feeding back. That's yes. why I keep stuttering again. That's all right. Uh, sorry. You're fine. That. Yeah, Doug Bradley was just at the horror realm we were just at, um... I met him several times. Very nice guy. He has a book out, yeah. too, you know. Yeah, no. Uh, I saw him at uh, Fan Expo last year. Yeah, you got to meet him? No, I didn't. I was busy doing Ottawa Horror stuff, Night Face-related <laughs> stuff. I never met any celebrities last year at all. That's what happens when you're working those things. It's hard to meet anybody. I just make myself. I just run around and try to meet people. Heather will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I met her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right, well, listen. No, I wish I wish I had the time to meet more celebrities, especially authors. Like, yeah, I kind of waste my time doing all that other important networking stuff. <laughs> well, do you have any more for Miss Heather here? Any questions you while I have her here in the house? Uh, I wish. I'm getting tired. Yeah, okay. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. This was good. This was a lot of fun. Well, what you can do, um, you know, just uh, plug yourself one more time and then introduce your bandmates because we're going to play a song. Yeah, um, you can find out more at typicallydia.com or nightface.ca. All my blogs are there, too, so it depends on what mood I'm in. I'll be talking books on one and talking rants on the other. 
Um, I've designed websites too. I did both those websites and I designed the websites for Patron Saint of Plagues. So patronsaintofplagues.com, check that out. Cool. Canadian band. They'll be going down to Ohio soon to record with Standby Records. And they're playing at the end of May here with Wednesday 13 and Vampires Everywhere. Oh, wow. Wednesday 13. That's good stuff. Oh, totally. Do you yeah. ever hear their version of uh, Running Down a Dream, Tom Petty? Mm, I don't know. I might have. It's I fun. like Tom Petty. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You can imagine how they would do it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to play. What, you want to play Beetlejuice? Sure. All righty then. Well, Miss Lydia Peaver, it was really a lot of fun. Thanks for your time. Yes, no problem. I hope maybe we can do this again someday and talk for another hour or two. Definitely. <laughs> we will. All right, well, you have a good night. And um, I actually, I thought of more stuff, but we'll save that for uh, part uh, five or six. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Heather, and thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, Absolutely. nice talking with you. Take care. Have a good night. See you too. Bye. Well, she was really cool. Yeah, that was, was going to be a good one. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, let's see here. Well... You want to say goodnight to the folks? Good night. Welcome home, back to dead. I know it's hard to believe. A couple suckers told hands could use some help from me. We'll keep you waiting, stop deliberating. I'm here to fix your afterlife. I'm the ghost with the most A bio-exorcist And I can hear you calling Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Oh no Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Say it again Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Oh yeah Say my name three times Everything will be fine Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Now you're lying Scared, sheetless, sandworms Getting you down or perhaps
Some Lucello, okay? Okay, let's settle that. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.